0: This is Where Kindness Lives, Nextdoor's Global
1: Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things kind. Here's your host, Jenny Sager.
0: The U.S. federal government is not necessarily known as a kind place, but there's one woman who has navigated one of the toughest professional landscapes and still came out the other side being kind. Rosie Rios was handpicked by President Barack Obama, and her legacy lives on, literally on the face of American currency. Rosie, it is so fantastic to have you here today. I've been so excited to talk to you because most of all, I just love your energy. You always bring the best energy to the table. Every time I talk to you, you're just, it's so vibrant and I absolutely love it.
1: Thank you, Jenny. I'm thrilled to do this with you.
0: Well, I want to kick it off by asking you, as we do of all guests, what
1: does kindness mean to you? To me, kindness means getting beyond yourself and thinking about someone else. Uh, and you know, the first thing when you, when you asked me that question, the very first thing that came to my mind in terms of the personification of kindness, I would say, uh, you know, my kids, both my kids, I would say that's the first thing that I love about them is they're both very kind people.
0: Well, that was actually my next question was who is somebody in your life that you feel like really exemplifies kindness. You just answered it, your kids. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, I I swear they came out that way. They really did. I I just uh, I just love spending time with them. And and that was the one takeaway. If there was a a glimmer of anything from the pandemic was the quality time we spent together. And I really got to appreciate them as adults. So it was really fun And, and, and very much. If I were to say the first thing that comes to mind, yes, they are very kind people.
0: Well, and that's kudos to you because I'm sure as a mom, you helped breed that and you are also one of nine, which my gosh, like that is just as, as a mom myself, I can't imagine having nine kids, but I'm also guessing that you learned a lot about being kind in a big family like that because the family dynamics of being one of nine kids would just be totally insane.
1: It was actually really fun. Still fun. It's um, I'm almost the middle of nine, so I'm the sixth oldest, fourth youngest. I think that probably prepared me for a lot of things in life, and certainly being, you know, one of the middle kids, I like to think that I'm a mediator. I like to think that I I'm kind of a crisis uh, solver, perhaps. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, it, it still comes in handy. Still comes in handy being one of nine.
0: I'm sure it would. Well, and it would certainly come in handy working in male-dominated industries like the government. So can you talk to us about how you approach kindness when you're faced with some of those sometimes challenging situations in your career, and especially as a woman who has to face that in in your career?
1: Yeah, and I would say, you know, it goes beyond government. And certainly, you know, if I were to think about my career path, I would say it's probably um, half government, half private sector. And I would say it's been in probably three different buckets. So uh, urban revitalization, investment management, and real estate. Those are probably the three general buckets of my career. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, they they have been male dominated. And I would say for the most part, um, you know, it's never that much of an issue for me in advance of going into the federal government, I, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of bosses, a lot of them male, a lot of them female, uh, and I never really thought about it much until, until actually I did go to D.C., um, where, where it was a little, you know, it is stark. It is absolutely stark in terms of, of, uh, uh, of the type of environment. It's, it's very different from California where I was born and raised um, but I would say, uh, you know, I was coming into the Obama Treasury transition team at the height of the financial crisis. Uh, you know, that was really my first foray into what I would call the, you know, the, the federal government. Even before I was officially hired uh, as as Treasury United States. Um, but you know, at that time, it was the, you know, how 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 it all comes three sixty, right? Because back then, the Great Financial Crisis was in full swing, and. I was part of. I was one of uh, about two dozen finance professionals who were brought in to work with Secretary Paulson uh, when President Bush was in office, starting in November of 2008, and then, um, you know, for the next four months. So, so it, it was male dominated, but at the same time, we had a a very specific mission. We had a very specific task in mind, which was putting the economy back on track and implementing the legislation that Congress had just passed to help put the economy back on track, what is now known as the Troubled Asset Relief Program. So, so you know, at that point, gender didn't really play a role. We all were in the, uh, in the same boat, if you will.
0: Yes. And I definitely want to talk about that more in depth as well. But can you give some tips on how you navigate, male or female, doesn't matter, bringing people together when you have a bunch of people who have differences in opinions and strong Thoughts and ideals, because I know in any of those buckets that you mentioned, you would have faced that a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I I would say kind of uh, uh, staying on course and and, and really focused on the mission has always been helpful for me. I think always also uh, understanding uh, the decision makers and understanding, you know, that there could be a lot of noise before you actually get to the decision makers, but really. Uh, If there's clarity of mission and good decision making, proper communication, uh, an understanding of roles and responsibilities, those are absolutely key to know up front. And I'm very, very, uh, I'm not shy about establishing kind of those rules, if you will, and, and understandings up front.
0: And is that the same at more of the civic level? So if you think about communities and neighborhoods, when people are ha- trying to have productive conversations, sometimes there are people that may live on the opposite side of the fence from you or across the street that have difference in opinions, but you can still really get along. So is it the same way to approach that at the kind of community and neighborhood
1: level? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I uh, it's interesting. I, I uh, in, in the neighborhood that I live in, uh, people are are uh, are very very patriotic, uh, and I think it's great. And that, but I'll never forget, um, you know, the very first time that I uh, I actually, you know, I have a, I have my flag. I'm very proud of my flag, and and a lot of people put their flags up, whether it's Fourth of July or otherwise. And I remember having my flag, and and I remember, and someone actually, one of my neighbors said to me, "I didn't realize that you're a Republican," and I thought that was really interesting that that the assumption was made that you have to be a Republican in order to hang a flag or be patriotic. And I, and I don't think that's the case. So, so that did surprise me. And again, you know, this is what you learn when kind of you share a little bit about yourself with your neighbors, some of whom you might know, some of who you don't. And so uh, it's like a Rorschach test, right? When you put something out there, you test it, and then you get their response. So I, I think, um, you know, what I love about um you know, I, I'm, I'm a very big uh, community-focused person. You know, I mentioned that one of my career paths was urban revitalization. And so for that, uh, you know, I did work in local government on the ground at the community level in, in some type of economic development or redevelopment capacity. And, and I would say, uh, you know, that was one of the first career paths that really grounded me in terms of, of understanding what it means to, to, to galvanize on a local level.
0: And you have, as you mentioned, really gone from that community level all the way up to the federal level. Having been in both of those, what do you think makes America a kind place? Like, what have you seen that really stands out about America compared to other countries?
1: Well, I mean, this is our, you know, this is our adopted country, right? So there is this appreciation, I think, of of, of how we became a democracy. And a democracy is, is certainly uh, you know, understanding all sides of the aisle, or it should be about understanding all sides of the aisle. so you know our 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 governance that was set up, and you know we're coming up on what is you know two hundred and, and, and 20, 247 years uh, since we've been formed as a country so so you know we still have in the United States, in my opinion. One of the best governance systems out there that allows for dialogue, that allows for debate, uh, and and hopefully gets to a process where decisions can be made based on that, that, uh, uh, you know, that first amendment of people being able to express themselves. So it's not perfect. We are not the perfect union, but we're certainly striving to be the more perfect union. <laughs>
0: Tell us about America 250, because you've got a lot of exciting stuff that you're working on. I know you probably can't tell us everything, but can you explain what America 250 will be and um, what you hope that citizens and and Americans will kind of take away from this historical moment?
1: Absolutely. Well, I was appointed as a commissioner of America 250 uh, about five years ago by Senator Schumer. So America 250 is the congressional commission that's planning the nation's 250th anniversary. In 2026. Uh, and last summer, President Biden appointed me as the chair. So as the chair of this commission, which is 24 members and includes eight standing members of Congress, and it also includes uh, 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 our federal agencies, a, a number of federal agencies will also participate in the planning effort. And it's, um, it's, it's been a really exciting journey. Uh, now that I've been chair for a little over six months, Uh, We have a lot of exciting things planned, but the very first step is to really engage the public as part of this process. So the one thing that I learned in my eight years as Treasury of the United States uh, is the importance of of community feedback. And uh, one of my uh, projects that I am most proud of during my time as treasurer is I'm the one who initiated and led the effort to place the portrait of a woman on our Federal Reserve notes for the first time in our nation's history. And so as part of that process, we also embarked on a very ambitious public engagement process. So we hope to do the same approach, uh, likely this coming 4th of July, of course, uh, the anniversary of our independence, July 4th, and that will kick off what we hope will be one of the most ambitious public engagement processes this country's ever seen. So I'm very, very excited about that. Much more to come, uh, but I certainly remember the 200th anniversary of our nation. You know, I was 11 years old. This was 1976. I remember very clearly uh, in my little town of Hayward, California, which is now part of Silicon Valley. I remember seeing the the local fireworks. I remember uh, seeing the the what was called the tall ships coming through the New York and Boston harbors. Uh, this is when every nation in good standing sent their naval equivalent ship to come through uh, as as a collective. I also remember the Freedom Train, where we took a field trip to see this train that was coming around the country, kind of showing the national treasures uh, from DC and beyond. And, and, uh, and I still have my bicentennial quarter. So it is kind of, an, uh, and kind of one other ironic thing, I guess, is, um, you know, well, first of all, I want my kids to feel what I felt as an 11 year old and kind of this love of country and, appreciate, and appreciation for how we got here and, and respecting those who came before us and respecting those who didn't choose to come here and, and still even more so respecting those who still want to come here. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a great, I think a, a great way for our country to really reflect a little bit about the values in which we were founded. I, I think it's also a great way to tell our stories, perhaps in a way that have never been told before. And and you know, interestingly enough, when I was an undergrad at Harvard, Harvard in 1986, turned 350 years old. And I was actually the class rep uh, for that commemoration. So who would have thought that the 11-year-old girl, you know, whose parents first came to Hayward, California in 1958 from Mexico, got a chance to see the bicentennial firsthand as an 11-year-old went on to Harvard to be the class representative for Harvard's 350th anniversary and is now the chair of America 250. You know, no one is more grateful than I am for what I think is is you know this country still being the land of opportunity and I think I'm the personification of that.
0: Maybe you just throw really good parties. Have you thought about that? Maybe it's you're just known for throwing really good parties. Really good
1: parties. Well, and so you know that's a really good point. This is absolutely, you know, you, you probably notice I'm calling this a commemoration. I'm not using the word celebration. I'm not using the word party. It, it is it is a it is going to be a very respectful and kind process for us to really encourage yeah, yeah everyone to tell their stories. And and look, our country has a lot of threads. And our country has kind of the good, the bad and the ugly side of how we formed to be this great country that we are today. And, and it was on the backs of a lot of people. And it was with the support of a lot of people. And I think all those stories need to be told perhaps for the very first time. And And again, I think it's a journey. It's a growth journey that I think we need. And it's a growth journey that I think we're all looking forward to.
0: Well, we really hope that Nextdoor can, can work with you in some way, because as you know, we're such a great place for that community feedback and that community dial and, and that direct line to neighbors. And we are really excited about.
1: So uh, apparently, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. So Nextdoor, on behalf of the Queen's Jubilee, activated over 18 million people to plan their own, I think it was lunches. Yes. all across great britain yes. and and i mean so so tell me about that cuz i want to learn more that's amazing yes we did a
0: partnership with an organization called the big lunch which um is kind of exactly like it sounds to nonprofit in the uk and they organize big community lunches and kind of motivate and drive people to do this and so we partnered with them around the queen's jubilee to get everyone hosting their own big lunches across the country to celebrate the queen and it worked very well as you just read out so we are really hoping that we can work with you in America 250 and I certainly remember being a kid and and 4th of July growing up in the US was like my favorite holiday it's like you know fireworks and summertime and just that sense of community in the backyard with family and friends and neighbors. And, you know, it just, was it's such a special, special moment. And I think that what you're working on for America 250 will certainly exaggerate that. And it'll be such a historical milestone.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I, I will say the one deliverable that we have so far that is of a physical nature is uh, we did pass legislation. Actually, I worked very closely with uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, Congresswoman Bonnie Watson-Coleman, Uh, Speaker Pelosi at the time uh, to pass uh, this this uh, coin legislation in 2020, um, a very historic milestone for our country, because uh, the first four years of these quarters that will be redesigned and are already underway include four years of honoring historical American women, five women per year. So 20 women will be honored. So we just finished that first year. Uh, in 2022. Very exciting. So Maya Angelou was the first female uh, and actually the first time ever that I an African-American.
0: I remember seeing that. Yeah.
1: So that's the yes. first time in our history that an African-American has been honored on our corner currency. And so it was great, um, you know, to be at the uh, unveiling of, of that uh, with Speaker Pelosi, with Congresswoman Barbara Lee in San Francisco uh, last year and with my daughter there. Uh, so that was, you know, such a, this isn't about me this is my about my daughter that's for sure so so that's kind of the first series of this legislation is the four years to honor historical american women but in 2026 we will also have five quarters that will be dedicated to the semi-quincentennial so this the 250th Um, and in fact all circulating coins could be redesigned to to uh to to honor that milestone And then followed by four years of youth sports, because I want youth sports and youths to be, you know, uh, uh, our next generation of leadership to be inspired. And so this is kind of a great way to think about it via sports. And then it also allows for the mint to produce the uh, medals for the Olympics. So as you might know, our uh, Olympics are going to be in 2028 here in the U.S. in Los Angeles. So this is kind of a culmination, if you will, again, starting with women, going on to the semi-quincentennial, followed by youth sports, and then culminating in this, what I will call a global, hopefully a global platform of unity in, in 2028. Where Kindness Lives, we'll be back in a moment.
0: Hey, you know what's really great for earning some extra cash? Next door's for sale and free. Basically, it's where you go on and you can sell things that you have lying around the house. You can even swap them with neighbors, like household appliances, gardening items, pet supplies, furniture, you can really put anything on there. It's really simple. Just look around your house, see what you're not using anymore, and I bet somebody is going to want it in the neighborhood. And guess what? It also keeps waste out of the landfill and helps the environment, which is really, really awesome, and it's so easy to use. Just download the free Nextdoor app or go to nextdoor.com and start turning that trash into treasure right now. I, I do want to just ask you a little bit more about you leading the initiative to put the the very first woman on the face of the U.S. currency, as you mentioned. Why was that specifically so important to you? Why did you feel like that really was something
1: that you needed to get done? You know, when you look at something for a while and you start to see a pattern develop, and so I was looking through all these concepts, I realized that every single image that I came across uh, of a man was a real man, so, you know, a cabinet member a president, a founding father. But every single image that I came across of a woman was not a real woman. They were allegorical, like Lady Liberties, you know, sometimes clothed and sometimes not clothed. And so I did a little bit of homework back then. I realized at that time, this was actually December of 2008, that there were almost 30 countries uh, who had women on their currency. And I couldn't, and, and I realized, oh my gosh, we've never, ever had the portrait of a woman on our Federal Reserve notes. We did have uh, Martha Washington on the silver certificate, you know, way back when, uh, you know, over a hundred years ago. Uh, but, but nothing on our, again, nothing on our Federal Reserve notes. So I, I just thought that, you know, how could that be? That if, if um, you know, if, if we are kind of the spirit of democracy, how could we be missing half the population in terms of how we institutionalize our history? on these products, right? So if you go around the world, you usually see a very important person on the front of a piece of currency and on the back is usually some 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 edifice, a monument, uh, an activity. And so, you know, this is how we tell our stories. And we are 51% of the population and and if all these other countries were honoring their history, including women, as, you know, one of the leaders of the free world, how could we not be doing the same thing?
0: We do want to share another inspiring story. We have Mari Silvestri on the line, who is taking part today in our segment called The Kind Call Out, where she's going to share her inspirational
1: story with you. Hi Mari, so excited to meet you even on this podcast. Yeah,
2: it's so exciting to be here virtually. Um, So basically, a long story short, we had some really massive floods a few weeks back and instantly our house that we were renting flooded um, and we were just scrambling to save everything. And my neighbors um, quickly just stepped in. Um, I didn't have to ask. Um, They knew knew what was going on because the entire neighborhood was being affected and Ashley ran over with a broom and basically swam into my house (laughs) and lifted everything off the floor, tried to get water out. Um, Louise, my neighbor next door, without even asking, just came over, grabbed my clothes, put them in her house and invited us to stay over. So we've been a bit between houses but and trying to managing it all. Um, But I have to say, um, my neighbors have been amazing. And just um, really that showing that act of kindness, um, has really helped us um, through this tough time. So, yeah, a little bit of what happened there.
1: <laughs> great story. That that's amazing. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's funny how neighbors really do come through uh, in a clutch, and you're very fortunate to have the quality neighbors that you have.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to recognize them through a campaign that Next Story was doing, um, and really just shine some light. It's um, really, in a in a tough tough time that we're going through in this world, really just shining a light in like where there's pockets of light Um, and just sharing that, you know, we do have humanity around us and just got to open our eyes and see it and and really wanted to recognize them.
0: Rosie, you have such a global perspective. Are there threads that you see? And you're obviously talking to somebody in Australia right now. Um, Are there threads, common threads you see about like building a strong community and what it takes to build a strong community?
1: Absolutely. And, and, and again, you know, we started this conversation by by you asking me how to define kindness and kindness is really kind of, you know, getting getting beyond yourself and thinking about others. And 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 that's a great I mean, the, what, what Mari's story really personifies, obviously, you know, neighbors opening their doors and and that is something that, you know, whether it's a cookout, a block party, uh, you know, even even communication, even through the next door, uh, you know, next door app. I think is, um, and and you should know this by the way. Nextdoor is the only social media that I'm that I that I actively uh, uh, look at, um, and I, you know, for for me, it's real people, real stories, real issues, and uh, and real solutions. So that's why I, I I choose to 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 continue with it. And and again, Mari's story really demonstrates that. And it's great that you have programs that acknowledge good neighbors.
0: I do want to have a bit of fun with you before you go. So we're going to go into what we call our kind carousel, where we get to ask you all kinds of questions. So the first one is, you know, there's there's been a few names dropped in this podcast, everyone from Nancy Pelosi to Barack Obama, Joe Biden, you know, you name it, Rosie's come into contact with a lot of people. Is there a fun story or a kind story that stands out that you can share about somebody, one of doesn't have to be one of those three um, from your time in the federal government.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, I, I got to say, um, you know, I mentioned Secretary Geithner before, and I'm going to mention him again because, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. But I will never forget when I made my very kind of ambitious and robust justification for the currency redesign to include the portrait of a woman uh, on our Federal Reserve notes. and And after this very... Uh, exhaustive presentation and a series, in uh, fact years of research, quite frankly, to tee this up. Um, because it's not just about putting a portrait on currency. There's a whole very technical process that you go through uh, in order to, to, to make recommendations. And his immediate response was um this is cool. We should do this. And and uh yeah that that to me um that to me says everything. I mean, it was like you know, again, he 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 looked beyond himself. That's for sure, and he certainly thought about you know the reasons behind what we were doing. It wasn't just the sake of putting a woman for the sake of a woman. It was the story behind it, and and this theme of democracy that we had for this next generation of notes, which by the way is still the theme of democracy. How coincidental! But yes, that is the theme. Um, and and you know, one other very kind uh, uh, gesture that he made. Uh, when, when you you may know that my name is on currencies on the lower left-hand side of our currency and his name is on the right side of our currency. And, and uh, when your currency first comes off the printing press, they have what's called a push the button ceremony, which is kind of, you know, internal and fun. It's when you get to invite your friends and family to come to this historical moment, you press the button of the press and out comes the first currency with your name on it. It is very emotional and very lovely. Well, Secretary, pretty cool. Secretary Geithner was kind enough to actually invite my family to join his family, which I'm not sure has ever happened before. So, uh, you know, what is intended to be a very personal moment, he opened the door and, and uh, wanted to share that moment together. And I just thought that was very, again, beyond kind. Okay, a
0: couple more questions. You mentioned, I did notice this when you ran through those values that your son mentioned. Food was one of them. So, you know, with America 250 coming up, let's talk about your favorite kind of barbecue party food. What's gonna be on the table at, at in Rosie's backyard?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of of ribs. I love ribs. Oh. Who doesn't love ribs? Yeah. So so a very, a very kind of finely, uh finely uh cooked. Uh, on the grill, uh, pork rib. And I hardly ever eat pork, but if it's a rib, I'm going to eat it. So that would be first on my list for a barbecue. Yeah. I do love pork ribs. Very good.
0: Um, okay. Barack Obama is known for his music playlist. I, I personally am a huge fan of Barack Obama's playlist. What kind of music do you like? Any Any favorite things, any favorite songs you're listening to right now? Any ones that inspire you or get you moving in the morning?
1: Yeah, so you know, I, I, most of my my recommendations uh that I receive are usually from my daughter, of course. Brooke is is, you know, her own little DJ there. So so you know, th- lately and, and this is usually not where I would have gone, but she really got me uh uh tuned into uh Taylor Swift's and um uh uh Miley Cyrus's latest uh, albums, which I think Miley's just oh, dropped better. last week. Oh my gosh, I was shocked how how great it is. And again, not usually my first choice of music, but it really is, good, isn't it? It's it's such a different, uh, it's really good. a different turn for her. And I, I I I'm listening to it all the time now, all the time.
0: Love her, love the new album. Okay, last question: favorite vacation spot in America?
1: Uh, I would say I love. Um, I love ocean beach at Carmel. I just, I, that, that is, when I think of an escape, that's the escape that I think about is, um, is going to that beach. It's the first beach we ever took my son to when he was all of probably, you know, one and a half, uh, years old. And, and, uh, it's still where I escape to every so often you will find me there out of the blue. Uh, it's where the last kind of one-on-one trip that I took with my daughter, it is just such a very peaceful place to go. And it's, you know, only about uh, two hours away from me. So I, I I try to get out there when I can, but to me it is, it is, it is God's country. Beautiful.
0: Rosie, thank you so much. I know how busy you are. So we really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much. Anything that you want to kind of put out there, promote, um, let everyone know about before we go?
1: Yeah, I would say to, to next door. Thank you. Really. Again, I'm not a huge fan of social media, but the fact that, that you've come up with products that are so uh, so uh, accessible, easy to use, um, you know, just great threads across the board in terms of what you promote. And the fact that it is real people with real issues and real solutions is what bring, keeps bringing me back. And I know we're going to do something really, really great together. So thank you to all of you. Uh, for the great work that you do.
0: Well, we can't wait to team up. This is the first of many more conversations. Thanks so much, Rosie. I know it's late for you too, so really appreciate it. Thank you all. And if you want to connect with your neighbors, don't forget to download the Nextdoor app or visit nextdoor.com.